Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God which we hear this morning is from the book of Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 to 7. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. For the three of you today, today marks an end, right? An end to handing in sermon summaries. I hope you still do them, but you don't get graded on them anymore. An end to reciting memory work again. I hope you still do it, but I won't be there to check up on you. An end to beating me at one-on-one basketball. That was fun as well, right? Today marks an end, and in, a w- in the next couple weeks, you'll have another end, the end of your eighth grade year, continuing on into high school. These things are an end, but... Are they a completion? There's a difference, isn't there, between an end and a completion. You'll no longer be meeting with me Wednesday nights, the end of confirmation classes, but are those classes complete? Every worksheet done to the best of your ability, every passage stored in your heart, every doctrine pondered and considered. We humans often bring things to an end simply because the time is ended and because we consider it good enough, but we rarely bring things to a full completion. There's a difference between the two. In our text, we are told that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And the Greek word there that is translated end is telos. But end is really not the best translation. It fits nicely poetically, and that's part of the reason it's there. But really, it means, tell us, means completion. It doesn't mean something that's simply brought to an end because the time has run out. Tell us is never used that way. Tell us means an action or a task that has been fulfilled. Jesus is the completion of all things. Jesus does not bring an end to things, 
that are incomplete, the way that we humans often do, he brings fulfillment. He brings completion. And that's what we heard about in our sermon text today, isn't it? That completion that Jesus will bring, the salvation of our souls. As Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 1.9, you have received the completion of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Today is a human end, but it is not yet the completion of your faith or of your learning. We pray this day that the Lord Jesus Christ may bring you through the years ahead, and not you only, but all of us, to the completion of your faith, the salvation that he has in store for us. In order to bring us to this completion, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has also given to us promises and gifts to strengthen us along the way. And just as his salvation is complete, so also the promises, the gifts that he has given to you are complete, able to strengthen you for every good work. Austin, you have chosen as your promise the complete service that God talks about in 1 Samuel 12, 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. With this promise, you and your fellow confirmands are Kodesh Laya, dedicated to the Lord, to his service, to his will. You are dedicated to do his law in your life. Romans 10.4 reminds us that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. But once again, this is the word telos here. Not the end of the law, not the destruction of the law, but the fulfillment, the completion of the law. Jesus himself told the Jews, do not think that I have come to destroy the law. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The law is complete and absolute, and it remains, and it demands perfect service and obedience. We remember God's servant Moses, who served the Lord faithfully for 40 years in the wilderness. And yet, because of one mistake, when he struck the rock instead of speaking to it, he was forbidden to enter the promised land. He saw it from afar off, but he himself died there in the wilderness. That is the law which you have dedicated yourself to serve this day, the law that will not tolerate even a single mistake. Jesus has not ended the law, but he has fulfilled it. The force of the law is not diminished, its power is not less, its demands are not gone, but its wrath is not directed at you, and its punishment was taken by Christ. In high school computer class, our teacher taught us to always wear the anti-static wristband to make sure that any static charge would not dissipate into the computer boards 
and maybe and perhaps destroy it, but safely into the table and into the floor and ground. I rarely do that when I'm working on computers, but we were taught to do it in computer class. Christ has fulfilled the law so that the charge of the law is not dissipated into you, but into Christ. The law is yours to serve, therefore, in completeness without fear. The law is yours absolutely and fully, but to serve in joy. Because it no longer has any wrath or any punishment against you. As we read in our text, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. As one dedicated to the Lord, as one vowing to serve his law, you shall overcome. Because the law is already complete in Christ. Its demands are there, but its punishment and wrath Jesus has paid for. The Lord has given to you his complete service. Madeline, you have chosen as your promise complete strength. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus says in our text that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Just as the word end is not really the best translation of the Greek telos, so also the word beginning does not really convey the truth of the Greek word there, arche. Neither word really has to do with time. But when Jesus says that he is the arche, he is telling us that he is the origin, the source. He is your source of strength in all things. He has promised you complete strength to accomplish those tasks that he has set before you. Yet when Paul here speaks about all things through Christ, it is evident that he means all things that are in accordance with God's will. When a child is at the beach with his father and says, I'm going to build a castle, he doesn't need to say, that it's a sand castle. It's obvious from the environment and the context that the castle is going to be a sand castle. So also in this passage, it is obvious that, Jesus, that Paul does not mean that God gives us all strength to pursue our own desires and our own sinful ends, but to pursue the work of the Lord with all diligence. Never make the mistake of using this passage for your own personal glory or your own selfish gain. We remember Samson, who had great strength and yet used it only for his own desires and lost it all. Since you have chosen a promise of strength and power, let your strength be in the Lord and use that strength for the work of the Lord. Jesus is your beginning, your source. If you remain in him by hearing his word and using his sacraments, you will have complete strength to do those tasks he has set before you. Things that are mighty and great, but not mighty and great in the eyes of the world, but mighty and great in the eyes of God. 
When we think of mighty and great works for the kingdom of God, we might think of going to overseas to India or to a rainforest to preach his word, and that certainly God would give us strength to do if that was his will for us. But there are greater and mightier works which God has set before each and every one of us for which he gives us strength. Things harder than going overseas and doing mission work. Things like forgiving rather than living in resentment. Things like serving others rather than serving ourselves. Things like contentment rather than dissatisfaction. And above all, the strength to openly and honestly confess our sins instead of blaming others and receiving from Christ the forgiveness which he has promised. Jesus has promised you complete strength to do these mighty works before him, Jesus gives you complete strength to complete your life of faith. Savannah, you have chosen as your promise complete patience. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There was once an eight-year-old boy who received a kite as his birthday present, but was told by his parents to wait till they could help him put it together. But one day came when the weather was perfect for kites, and the boy didn't wait any longer, tried to put it together himself, and ripped it. Very often when we lose patience with God, when we forget to wait on the Lord, we rip and destroy the gifts and the life that he would have for us. It's so often our impatience, our desire to have now, that causes the problems in our life. In our text, we see the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And what does our text say but that it is prepared by God as a bride adorned for her husband? Prepared by God. God has adorned her for this. In the ancient Middle East, it was the custom for the family of the bride to prepare her and get her ready for her, her wedding. Nowadays, I guess the family helps, the, the bridesmaids, maybe the, the bride herself does a lot. I was never a bride myself, so I guess I don't know. But in our text, it is not the family or herself or her friends, but God who prepares her and adorns her. If we were to choose to adorn our own life by our own strength or by our own intelligence, we would not be prepared for Christ and for the day of his salvation. When we forget to wait on the Lord and try to put our life together by ourselves, we very often rip and break and destroy what God has given to us. But his patience with us is complete and full. Day after day, washing away our sins. Day after day, calling us again and again to repentance. Day after day, washing us to be white and pure in the blood of the Lamb. God has prepared us for his salvation. He, he and his Son, died for our sins and has washed us 
and made us white with his blood and with the white robes of his righteousness. Wait on the Lord and you shall not lack anything. His patience with you is complete. And he calls on us to be patient with him. Jesus has made all things new. You are made new by his blood and through the waters of baptism that you received as a child. You are strengthened by his word and by the sacraments which you are soon going to receive. And through these things he will bring you to completion. And through the complete promises he has given to you today. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.